sleep. But sometimes parents have different plans, and it's just nothing you can do about it. And we just be thankful for the, what we have and the time we have, and pray for them, and be aware of them when they're here, and, and uh, take time to sit with them and talk with them, if you would. I would appreciate that, and and be praying for them and for their parents that they would get saved and uh, be a part of our church. Sometimes kids, this is the true story. Sometimes, in fact, this just happened this last month. Someone said, I want to get my parent to come with me to church. Man, that's great. That's a good idea. So they say, parent, I want you to come to church with me. Parent says, well, I'll go to church, but I don't want to go to that one. So then they end up going to a different church. But they're going with their parents to a church, but it's not this one. And so sometimes you don't see them, and it's because they did the right thing, and that's how it turned out. And um, what do you say? You, you, you just you just keep on keeping on. So, uh, and then there's others uh, that haven't been here for quite a while, and uh, we were told by the adults in the house that they didn't want to come anymore. But yesterday, they ran into Frank and clobbered him and said, "We want to go to church." And Frank asked the adult. Well, can they come? Well, I'll think about it. So we don't think it's always the young people that, that don't want to come. And sometimes it's it's something else. So pray for them. And then sometimes there's just other things going on. They're going fishing or hunting or whatever. Uh, but please uh, be praying for our young people and be encouraging to them if you would. All right, my Bible memory verses. Anybody? The Spears. Their arms got tired. Mrs. Spear. for our iniquities and with his stripes we are healed. That's going to be verses we'll look at today. Somebody else? Janie. distribute this to everyone and uh, try to keep some new goodies in there and keep it more enticing. All right, lesson number eight, pray for the sick. We're talking about praying. Lord, teach us to pray. And uh, someone quoted it already, verse seven, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. That's a great verse. I have that verse memorized. Um, it's a great verse to memorize and realize uh, what it means. So Luke chapter 4 and verse 38, that's where we'll start. Luke chapter 4 and verse 38, it's the story of Peter's mother-in-law. Yes, Peter had a mother-in-law, which means that Peter was probably married. That's my guess. Thank you. And so Peter was not a very good pope. He was married. Just a little side note there. 
Luke chapter 4 and verse 38. Peter was never a pope. I was just being facetious and sarcastic. Luke chapter 4 and verse 38. And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her. We read that Simon Peter's mother-in-law was in... Family members realized the need for, was far greater than they could care for. So they besought the Lord Jesus for her. They sought after Christ, not for themselves, but for someone they loved. Dave, could you check that and see if it's going to come back on? It just went, went blank on us. I'm just thinking about the recording or someone might be watching. We need to seek Christ not only for ourselves, but also for others. Through intercessory prayer, we seek God's face on the behalf of others. Verse 32, and they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. Notice in this passage, in verse 22 and 32, the Lord Jesus demonstrated by his words and his miraculous works that he was and is God. Uh, They said, is not this Joseph's son? Well, answer to that question is no, he's not Joseph's son. But they thought he was. I mean, that was only natural. Uh, No one would have believed the virgin birth. And so they just assumed. I mean, by this time, he's a grown man. He's been with Joseph's family all these years. They, you know, is not this Joseph's son? Who is this? This is the carpenter. And no, this isn't the carpenter's son. When Peter and his family sought for Christ, he miraculously healed Peter's mother-in-law. So the Bible says in this passage, I'm going to just read uh, down here from 38 and 39. And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever. And they besought him for her. And I've been to this place. I I had the privilege of being in Capernaum. And it's a ruined place now. It's not very far from the synagogue to the house where Peter probably was at. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever and it left her. And immediately she arose and ministered unto them. People need Christ and we need to beseech Christ for them. So today we're talking about praying for the sick. And the Bible tells us we can pray for the sick. Let's talk about sickness for a minute and understand something about it. First of all, the ministry of sickness. The Bible says that Peter's mother-in-law had a great fever. This great fever helped her and others who loved her to recognize that they needed the Lord Jesus. We can meditate on Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And what does that verse say? We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. We need to meditate on that. You should memorize that because you're going to need that verse a lot. We know, or we should know, we need to know that all things, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, all things work together for good. Not everything by itself is good. I'm reminded of the recipe of buttermilk biscuits. They say that the individual ingredients of, of buttermilk biscuits are lousy by themselves. They don't taste good by themselves each individual ingredient but when you mix it all together it makes the most awesome biscuits and that's how it is with our life our individual ingredients aren't necessarily wonderful they don't necessarily taste good some of it's bitter and salty and we don't like it but when god mixes all those things together it works together for good and that's what we have to understand about the ministry of sickness 
if you have a sickness and an illness and a, and a malady as a as in, in physical a physical condition that is something that god knows about and there's nothing wrong with praying for it and praying about it and maybe it's just because he wanted you to pray and he wanted to get your attention and he would desire more from you and more attention than he's been getting uh often god touches us or someone else that we love in order to work thoroughly with us and that's true i mean god touches us or the touches someone we love i remember years ago now uh over 22 years ago um I haven't lost track of time, but anyway, a long time ago, 21, 22 years ago, our son at one years of age had a stroke and he went from running on both feet and running around and having a good time with his older brother and sister to crawling with one arm and one leg. We went in the emergency room, we went in the ambulance, got to the emergency room in, in Newcastle and they said, you, I think your son's had a stroke and I'm just like, a stroke is for old people. And, uh, they said no babies can have strokes too but we need to have more tests so they put him strapped into a board because he couldn't use one side of his body and so they didn't know if there was a paralysis that might have been a spinal issue and so they strapped him to a board and that one-year-old cried all the way strapped velcroed head down to the board everything strapped to the board all the way from newcastle in the ambulance all the way to rapid city strapped to a board not able to be unstrapped from that flat board until they could figure out what was wrong put him inside the cat scanner that thing that goes round and round and you can imagine a one year old being strapped to a board put through that yelling and screaming and not happy uh, but they had to have him strapped in so he wouldn't squirm and uh, and then they say yeah your son's had a stroke and uh, whoa, talk about changing your plans and changing your thinking about things and I just remember that long night and the, the next day and coming back home and and um opening up my front door of my house and it's empty and it's quiet and there's nobody there it's just me and everything is just laying there like we dropped it the night before and uh and thinking oh lord i just would love to have everything back like it was and uh and lord why are you doing this uh and and please show us and teach us something help us to understand and and that that's prayers that i wouldn't have prayed i mean i'll just be honest i i would not have been praying those prayers had there not been a need but all of a sudden god touched my heart and softened my heart and helped me to remember i need him and i need to be humble before him so god speaks to us by using the ministry of sickness because he gets us humble before him when we can't you know when the doctor says we don't really know how this happened or we don't know how to fix it wow now it's just god there is no one else uh, that you can go to it's just him and sometimes that's exactly what he wants is for us to just get dependent on him and uh, so the box is is god touching your life or the life of someone you love to help you realize how much you need him so it's called the ministry of sickness because god's using it to minister us and so then that brings up that verse that's the theme verse of this lesson that's on the front page and page uh in psalm 119 and verse 67 and uh, I think it was Joyce that quoted a, a minute ago, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. Now, let's be honest. Sometimes affliction happens because we needed a spanking. Now, not every time that you get sick or someone else gets sick is because God's afflicting them. Right now, our Bible reading in our calendar is Job. And God allowed Job to be afflicted. 
And, and let, let me just say, according to what you read at the end of the book of Job, Job himself acknowledged some things in his life that he, that he could do better in. But Job was not sinning. If you know the beginning of the story of Job, Job didn't do anything wrong to deserve what he got, but God allowed it. God allowed it to prove something to Satan. Satan and God had a little wager going. And, uh, and God was proving Satan to be wrong concerning Job. Job didn't know that. Job didn't get in on that. Job didn't know that conversation had taken place. But when we have affliction, it causes us to turn to the Lord. And before I was afflicted, I went astray. I like to say it this way concerning growing up and concerning child raising. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. You know what I mean? I mean, that's what spankings are. Spankings are affliction. And uh, every home needs affliction. And we have the affliction instrument hanging on the wall or wrapped around dad's waist. You know, it's, it's that affliction tool. And before affliction, we go astray. But that affliction helps us to hear his word and to, uh, and to pay attention to him and to focus back on where we ought to focus. And so before, but now... I have kept thy word. That's a good thing. So the ministry of sickness is a good thing. Um, it, it focuses us on the creator. I feel sorry for atheists. Who do they go to other than doctors? Uh, and, and proud people like King Asa in the book of Chronicles, you see where King Asa was too proud to go to God. So he says, says he sought not the Lord. He went to the physicians instead. Don't be so proud that you can't go to God in prayer. The ministry of sickness is for God to be God to be number one and for you to get uh, your focus on him and for God to get your attention that's the ministry of sickness sometimes I do believe and the Lord wants us to see that the things he allows are not acts of cruelty they're acts of compassion and mercy he has a ministry even in sickness we don't have it in our lesson book but Second uh, Chronicle or Corinthians I think it's Second Corinthians chapter 12 2 Corinthians chapter 12 Paul talks about a thorn in the flesh and he says in verse 7 lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh a messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me and he answered my prayer but he didn't remove the thorn. It says, he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, Paul says, therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. And so Paul learned, you know what, this infirmity that I have, is really a, a way to keep me humble and to keep me focused and dependent on the Lord. And so I'm going to glory in the fact that God's doing it for a reason. I prayed three times, but after the third time, it became clear to me that God was saying, my strength is going to be perf made perfect in your weakness. And so sometimes the ministry of sickness is not going to get healed, but it's going to do a better job in your life than, than had, you not be, had you been healed. And so the ministry of sickness is there for a reason. Then there's another thing. We need to think about this too. John chapter 9. 
the disciples asked Jesus a question because they were confused about something. John chapter 9, verse 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. From the time he was born, he was blind. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? This, this poor man has been blind since he was born. He was born blind. Master, who sinned? Was he sinning before he was born and that's why he was born blind? Or were his parents sinful and that's why he was born blind? That's what we tend to think whenever there's a problem. Ah, 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 that happened because of your sin. And Jesus answered, neither. Neither. Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. God uses sickness to do a mighty work and to bring glory to himself. Why does God allow things to happen? Because he gets the glory. We sing a lot of songs in our hymnal, and a lot of the songs that we sing, some of them, a majority of them, not a majority, but a good number of them, are written from one person. And uh, one of those songs is, To God be the glory, great things he hath done. And that was written by a lady who was blind ever since she was an infant. Her name is Fanny Crosby. When she was just an infant, she had a fever that was terribly, terribly high. And, and someone decided maybe we could put hot, hot rags over her eyes to, to uh, get the fever to, uh, to release. And they ruined her eyes doing that. And she lived in the 1800s. Uh, she actually, I think, was the first woman to address Congress. Um, she became very well known. She wrote many, many poems. Many of them turned into songs. And, and uh, she wrote Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine, and uh, other ones like that, Praise Him, Praise Him. And so um, why does God allow things? Sometimes he just wants to give, make sure that he gets the glory in some way. And this man was born blind, lived his whole life all the way into adulthood just so that Jesus can come by and heal him and cure his blindness just so that he could get the glory and he could do a miracle. Wow, that's kind of rough. That guy had to live 20, 30, 40 years of his life. Who knows how old he was when he when he got healed just so that Jesus could come by and, and do a miracle so that we could read about it? Apparently so. But that's God's determination. And you know what? I guarantee you, if you ask the blind man today who's no longer blind, he's in heaven, he'll say it's okay. I, I'm I'm thrilled to have my story in the Bible. I love reading this story, by the way. It's an awesome story because the Pharisees got mad because he was blind and now he could see. And they were mad at that. They weren't happy about it. And uh, they argued with the blind man who now could see. And they said, who did this? And he said, uh, I don't know. I was blind, so I didn't get to see him. I'm not sure who he was. All I know is, is that he healed me. And, uh, and I think it's amazing that we got a guy walking around our town that can heal people and you don't even know who he is. I think he's God. Don't you think he's God? No, he's not God. Well, how many other people heal people and, and cure blindness? Uh, and it's, it's kind of a, a, comical, a comical story. They kicked him out. They said, you're not righteous like we are. And they kicked the blind man out who now could see. And Jesus came and encouraged him and said, I'm the one that healed you. It's a neat story. But praise God for the story. And I'm thankful. If we didn't have the story, we wouldn't know that God could heal blind people. And, uh, and so he gets the glory. So many people would not be living for God today if it were not for the ministry of sickness. I believe that there could be very well people in this room 
that you started looking towards God because you got an illness, you got a, a health issue. And you know what? That's, that's just the fact. God did that or allowed that so that you would turn your eyes toward him. Maybe God got your attention through some other health issue of some other person and it got your eyes focused on him. So there is a ministry of sickness. There really is. Then we see, secondly, the ministry of the Savior. We must understand that Christ is interested in every part of our lives. We, we should know this. We should understand this. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10 says that the Lord Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. In 2 Peter 3, 9, it says that he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Jesus is interested in us. The Lord Jesus Christ is interested and he knows, he understands. The Bible says he feels our pain. He, he, he knows and understands us. As we look at this miracle, we understand that he is also deeply concerned about us after we are saved. Jesus Christ loves us and desires to lift our heavy load because he cares. So we compare Matthew chapter 8 verse 14 with Isaiah chapter 53. So we're going to look at Matthew 8, then we're going to go to Isaiah 53. Matthew 8, and then Isaiah. Uh, I think Erica quoted from Isaiah 53. So let's look at Matthew 8. This is Matthew, and Matthew is quoting from Isaiah 53. But he kind of uh, includes some words, some synonyms of words that were found in Isaiah 53. Matthew 8, verse 14. And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she arose and ministered unto them. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses now keep that that your finger on that page and go back to isaiah 53 it says here in uh, verse 3 and 4 he is despised and rejected of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and we hid as it were our faces from him he is was despised and we esteemed him not surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows all right so it says in verse 17 of matthew 8 that he might fulfill what Isaiah prophesied, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. I remember reading this and, and thinking about this for the first time years ago, and I remember realizing that, you know, when, when our son had that stroke, Jesus took that stroke on him. When Jesus died on the cross, he bore the sin of the world, but he also bore the infirmities as well his body i think became wretched as he took upon himself and so he does feel our pain he understands he knows those pain and those, that pain and those issues those heartbreaks and those uh, maladies that we have christ comes under our load the bible says and and uh with us so that we do not have to bear it alone the lord jesus bears our griefs and our sorrows the bible tells us that and carries our sorrows, our sicknesses, our illnesses. Our, he carries, he understands that. He's not leaving us to do it by ourselves. He bears with us. Then we can compare 1 John chapter 3 with Romans chapter 8. 1 John 3 with Romans 8. 
And there it says in verse 2 of 1 John 3, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. If you're born again, you're adopted into God's family. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. He has a perfect glorified body. He is perfect in every way. And when he comes, we will be changed and we will be made pure and clean and whole and not as we are right now. Romans 8 verse 20 uh, two Romans eight. I'm going to start in verse twenty, twenty-one. Romans eight twenty-one. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of the corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Animals suffer because of sin, and they're waiting for Jesus to come back. Because you know that what there was a day in in past history when animals weren't killed. There was a day when man did not eat animals. There was a day before the flood when everything was vegetarian, and man liked it. And I realize some of us that are hunters might wonder, how could that be heaven without hunting? Well, we'll have to figure it out. But anyhow, um, there was a time when animals were not afraid of man, and men didn't have to kill animals to eat. They were, had enough good vegetation and fruits to, to, to feed off of. And when sin came, it destroyed all that. And of course, then first of all, before man was eating the animals, man was killing animals to sacrifice, as atonement, as a sacrifice for sin. And so Adam and Eve had coats of skins. That means an animal died. And of course, Cain and Abel, Abel killed an animal and an animal died. And so creation has been groaning and travailing in pain ever since sin came into the world. But when Jesus comes back, that groaning is going to stop even for the animals. So we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. And uh, I just know as time marches on, I was with, uh, I was with uh, Grandma Donna, who's 90-something, 90 92. I was with uh, Lois Larson, who's 95, almost 96. And I was with another lady, who, a younger lady. She, I think she's only 90, um, much younger. And uh, uh, we were just talking, and, and how are you doing? Oh, Lois had her leg in a chair. My knee, it just hurts. It just hurts. And Grandma was complaining about, you know, oh, you know, this and that or whatever. And and uh, I just want to go home. And and uh, and and we try to encourage them, and and they were encouraged, and they're encouraging to me. I can't imagine. I mean, I'm 50 plus. I can't imagine 40 more years of this. My back hurts right now. Uh, and and I look down and I see this young man over here named Delmer. I can't remember how old he is, 110 maybe, something like that. And he's saying, would you shut up? I want to stand up and stretch. My body hurts. I want to go back and sit in front of my wood stove. It's cold in here. Everybody else is dying, of, you know, but the Slegels never complained about the temperature, even if it is hot. Uh, and you know what? I, I think about as we get older, we just, everything groans. And uh, you've had an old dog. Maybe you had an old dog you had to put down. And you don't want to. Uh, they they love you. You love them. But everything's groaning. That's just the way it is. Because of sin. And one day when Jesus comes back. That's going to stop. That's going to be over with. And we'll be like him. 
and it will be perfect like it was in the original Garden of Eden. So when we see these verses and we compare that, we understand that the whole creation is groaning, that, that we are saved and in heaven is our home. It's, it's wonderful, but I do not think it is biblically correct to say that in the atoning work of Christ we have all healing at this time, and we don't. We are saved and we are spiritually healed and we, are, we have a promise and we have a reservation for heaven and we know that one day it will all be made new. But this idea that you see on Christian TV or, or you see in, in, in charismatic Pentecostal churches that, that if you're right with God, God will heal you. That doesn't even check out with the Bible. We have already talked about people in the Bible where God didn't heal. And, and we know God can. And we'll talk about that in a minute too but God didn't necessarily heal everybody and even if he healed like the blind man got to see but you know what the blind man eventually died right and and everybody that Jesus healed in the old testament or fed still died someday why because because there's still the sinful world and the sinful nature and and that's not going to change until Jesus comes back and when he comes back it will be all new i've never i've never stood i've never stood up and looked up to Ron Mose. But Ron Mose is a tall guy. But one day I'm going to look up to him. One day you're going to see me and John Girding with hair on their head. You're going to be amazed. Uh, you're going to look at Ron Spear and say, what happened to you? You look good. And on and on we could go. Larry's going to be shooting hoops and we're like, who are you? And why? Because there is a day coming when he'll restore and make all things new. And everything will be like it should be and like it's supposed to be, like it was, and even better than it was. I'm looking forward to that day. That's the ministry of the Savior. And can he heal in the present for a temporary purpose? Certainly. But we know ultimately he will take care of the needs. So not only did our Savior walk into that house and stand and heal the woman, but he also bore the grief, sorrow, and sickness with that family. He bears it. He's grieved over it. When Lazarus was dead and Mary and Martha were crying, he was grieved about their tears. We as God's children do not have to go through trials alone. The Lord Jesus goes through them with us. Um, So the box here says God performs a ministry in our lives, bearing our griefs and providing the grace that we need. And then lastly, the ministry of the saved. And we read again back in Luke chapter 4. And here's something we need to notice because you might not have picked this up the first time. But we go back to Luke chapter 4 and we see something in Luke. You don't see it in Matthew and that's why Matthew and Luke are both used because you get different angles of the story when you read more than one gospel. And Luke chapter 4, it says in 38, he arose out of the synagogue, entered into Simon's house, which is just a little ways down the road. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever. And they besought him for her. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever semicolon and it left her colon and immediately she arose and ministered unto them after the fever left and everything calmed down she sat up she probably said hey oh we've got guests I need to get up and do something because of what the Lord had done for her she served him and ministered to others there's a story in that there's a lesson in that have God has God healed you or fix something in your life has God taken care of an issue he's for me Um, even if you've got a problem right now with something I promise you if you stop and think you can probably think about something God took care of a while ago and did you raise up did you rise up and start serving did you say thank you Lord now I can get back to serving now I can serve you I can minister to you like you just ministered to me 
Some people go through sickness and come out the same. They got healed, but they didn't do anything with it. Think about those ten men that were lepers, and they came to Jesus and said, Lord, we're, we're lepers. We need you to heal us. And he did, all ten of them, delivered of their leprosy. But it says that one of them came back, Luke 17, one of them came back and fell on his face and said, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. Jesus said, weren't there ten? And only one came back, and he was a Samaritan leper. Only one came back to say thank you? Where are the nine? It's funny how when God heals us, we think, well, of course you healed me. I'm me. I mean, he better heal me. He knows who I am. I think that might have been the attitude of the other nine. But that humble Samaritan who was a leper came back and said, thank you. You didn't have to do that, but you did. And some people go through sickness, and when they're done being sick, they come out the same. Some people deal with sickness in the life of a loved one and learn nothing. Don't, don't be like that. May the Lord help us to say with this woman, Lord, you gave me grace and helped me with my griefs and sorrows. You stood over me and you rebuked the problem and now I'm able to serve and so I want to serve. Um, now I want to serve you with greater devotion and I want to minister to others. That should be our attitude when God does something for us. So the box says, as our Savior ministers to us, he enables us to minister to others. When he ministers to us, it's not because of us. He ministers to us so that we then can be a blessing to someone else who needs us to minister to them. Let's think about that as we pray for healing and for strength, that God would minister to you so that you in turn would then minister to others around you. And um, maybe that is something God would hear and answer for you in that way. Either way, regardless, people who have infirmities are are ministering to me. As I mentioned Ron a minute ago. He ministers even though he is in a wheelchair. Praise the Lord for that. And others that minister with heartache and heartbreak. Paul had that thorn in the flesh, but he still ministered. He still endured the pain and ministered to others instead of just focusing on self. I hope that you can find something to do irregardless of what might be going on in your life. And then if God relieves you of the stress and the illness, that you realize that now you have more opportunity to minister. Not, yay, now I can go play some more and live my life for myself. No, that we realize like Peter's mother-in-law, I've been healed, now it's time for me to get up and minister. All right, well, we're done. Anyone have a question about anything or comment about today or any time? Any, any question at all? We have a few extra minutes, so that's what I'm asking. Delmer asked a question a couple weeks ago. I'll answer that question tonight. Anything at all? All right, well, let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for opportunity to study and to contemplate. Thank you for sickness we we don't like sickness but we realize that sickness has a ministry and it causes us to think things and to reevaluate things help us to realize that not only do you have a ministry but we're to have a ministry as you minister and have ministered to us help us to then be able to turn to others and minister to them and not just live this temporary life on earth for ourselves but to be ministering with the health that you've given us to minister with 
And we thank you for that. Help us to use the opportunity and not waste it. In Jesus' name, amen.